Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Our Heavenly Father, you burst your Son forth from the tomb. Open now hearts and enter in. Give us newness of life and the hope and promise of never-ending life with you. Through your word we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So when Jesus was crucified, they thought it was done. They thought this was just another one of those wild goose chases. The disciples had no idea that they would be that they would have followed such a miserable failure as this man Jesus. They they believed in him, but then he got killed. And so presumably they they just hid together, trying to make sure that they were safe from the religious authorities that were out to get the followers of Jesus. Actually, they wanted to kill Lazarus if they could have gotten their hands on him. And so they, they just hunkered down. They separated themselves off. And on Sunday morning after that following Friday, some women went to the tomb. They went to dress his body because he was... He was put away in a manner that was not very seemly. And so they wanted to to take care of things. And so they went to the tomb on that Sunday morning. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the 20th chapter of John. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from its entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. We don't know where they put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. And so in utter confusion and grief and a sense of loss, the disciples and those who had followed Jesus really, really didn't know what to do. But the women went to the tomb and they 
Well, the accounts vary from, from gospel to gospel. They vary because who could have anticipated this? There was no expectation that Jesus would rise from the dead, even though he told them he would. They thought that that was just at some future time when the, there was a general re resurrection of the, the people of Israel. And so they, they didn't really know what to do. The women went, and some accounts say that there was an angel. Some say that, that they saw the Lord. And some say that, that the body was stolen. There are all kinds of stories that go around, swirl around this morning. Different accounts that ultimately cannot be fully harmonized. But to harmonize those accounts would, would undermine their veracity. Because a harmony of those accounts would mean that there was a collaboration. Rather than seeing this account, each person seeing this as they experienced it, of course it's going to come out differently. Because this was utterly new, brand new. That Jesus would rise from the dead. And that on this occasion, they would see him and, and still not understand. Now it says that Peter and John went into the tomb, but they believed, but then it was a moment of belief in which they recalled some of the things that Jesus said and some of the things that Scripture said. But then even later, there's still lack of belief. Even when Jesus shows himself to them, they still have a hard time grasping and seeing and believing what they had experienced. And so it is with us. Because we never experience one coming back. We've all had experiences where loved ones and friends, etc., have been resusc resuscitated. Where they've been on the table and they've been pumping away and they come back and we're so glad, but, but never like this. Nothing of this sort. What we see, what we experience is death. When people die, we never see them again. We see and experience death. And here we have an experience of, that is brand new, utterly unexpected, and they don't have a category to, to really incorporate what this means, to appropriate the fullness of what this event means. And it's because typically we, we fill in the gaps for ourselves. We, we have this longing for God in our hearts and lives. Kierkegaard called a God-shaped vacuum. We all have it. We all want to believe there's something outside of, beyond, above ourselves. That there's some reason in this life to hope that it's more than just this brief breath of time on this planet. That somehow there might be something more than this. You know how it is. Time passes, and you don't feel any different, but your body doesn't work as well anymore. 
I remember out front in Ventura with my son, and, and I was like 41, 42 years old. He said, Dad, dunk it. I went to dunk it. I couldn't dunk it. I used to have a 38-inch vertical. I couldn't dunk it anymore. Couldn't even get up 24 inches. Body just stops working on us. But I didn't feel any, I don't feel any different now. I still can mentally slam that thing. (laughs) But you know what I mean. The body fails. But somehow that, that inner spirit is alive and vibrant. And we think of those those things as being eligible and available and real to us. Those moments when we have that sense of the fullness of life and a vibrancy, that doesn't leave us. And so we, because of the reality of life, because of the reality of the the body and the failures that occur, well, we still think more of ourselves, but then we think there must be more than just this. So the human race, for as long as we've been here, have created gods. We've made stuff up. Somebody asked me last week, where did the thing about Easter bunnies came from? And I I said, well, think paganism, where the resurrection, Easter Sunday, has been turned into a mere metaphor for springtime, newness of life. Bunnies, of course, are prolific, or at least they're supposed to be. And and that ultimately taps back into the, the, the pagan beliefs that that the worship of Baal was about doing what was necessary to make the gods fertilize the earth. And in so doing, gave rise to forms of the exercise of worship. It constituted deep and profound ugliness having to do with sexuality even to the point of self-mutilation, that somehow that was a glorious thing. The reality is that when we make make gods, when we make them up, we make gods that are less than ourselves. The gods that we make up defy human dignity, undermine human dignity. But when we understand the reality of the nature of God. When we understand that God made us, he makes us more than ourselves. He calls us to be more than what we are. He calls us to aspire and to anticipate and to look forward. We look back at those moments of vitality. And then even now we have moments where we have a deep sense of the power of God and the the mystery of God. And we we have thoughts and aspirations that are brand new for us now. They may not be physical, but they're deep and spiritual and, and real. And it's a way in which we feel called forward 
even as we remember that which was behind us. Just yesterday, I started reading the Iliad. Just because I heard somewhere or read somewhere that it was such a powerful, important poem. And I started reading it and I was, I was touched, I was moved by what I was experiencing. And so I had a, a new sense of, of, of my humanity that is expanding and growing and becoming more than it was. And that's what God would have us do. We, this moment of resurrection is not a metaphor for something else. Everything else is a metaphor for the resurrection. All other things that constitute promises of new life or new birth are mere metaphors that point to the reality of resurrection. And it is the resurrection that is the, the absolute turning point of all history. It is the moment in which God is fully vindicated as God. In which Christ is fully vindicated as Lord. And the promise that he gives us as he comes forth from the grave and as he is experienced in reality by the disciples and as the disciples go from there and die martyrs' deaths because of this reality, not made up, but a reality that has come to them from the outside, from Christ himself, this has the transforming power to give us hope about our own lives. The Apostle Paul put it this way. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. Those then who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have put our faith in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. But he goes on to say, but Christ has been raised. He has been raised as the first fruits of all who put their faith and trust in him. And what that means is, what happened at, at Easter morning, the transformation of Christ's body into a spiritual body is what awaits us. The Apostle Paul says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you shall be changed, transformed into a body like that of Christ. And Paul also says that which is sown mortal is raised immortal. That which is sown perishable is raised imperishable. And so in this life, we anticipate that which the Lord has prepared for us. And what that means, means a lot of things. But it means that those who have gone before us are alive. They are alive. When my son was about 10 years old. I took him into Riverside to Olivewood Cemetery. And there were 
the stones, the gravestones of David Plicka and his father, Alan. David Plicka was the boy that fell when I fell and my gun discharged. And I took my son there to see that boy's headstone. And I didn't realize it at the time, but his father had died a very early death. And there at the grave, Brant and I prayed. And as we turned, I, I just said, David, I'm sorry. And then about a year ago, unrelated to that, but related to the fact that I believe that David heard me. I woke in the middle of the night and I was thinking about, in my dream, I was thinking about mom. And I, I woke up and mother just died 18 years ago. I woke up and was, was weeping profusely. I loved her so much and I missed her so much. And I sat on the side of the bed and, and just hung my head down and I watched the tears drop off my cheeks. And I didn't know what on earth was going on in me other than that I just loved her so much and I missed her so much. So finally I kind of collected myself and I, and I just said out loud, Mom, I love you. Mother heard me. Mother heard me. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.